0: it's flow and this is my impression of a traveling lounge singer and we're going up the airport escalator hey where are you from <laughs> no response, classic. Got in an accident, so you got to take a cab, huh? No cabs at Progressive Service Centers. They got rental cars on site, which is out of sight, you know? <laughs>
1: Progressive takes the hassle out of claims. Just
2: drop your car off at one of our service centers and we'll manage the rest.
0: Here's a little number I like to call waiting for the shuttle
2: bus. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Service centers are not available in all areas. You have a choice of repair facilities. Fix is brought to you by Blue Push Media, news important to progressives and liberals across America.
0: Good evening. Welcome to our Friday night edition of Liberal Fix Block Talk Radio. Today is Friday, August 1st, 2014. My name is Naomi Minogue, and tonight I am very happy to welcome back as my uh, co-host for tonight, Mr. John Shire. John is in Massachusetts tonight, and thank you so much for joining us. John, how are you?
3: Great, Naomi. How are you?
0: I'm I'm good thanks. I'm really excited to to be with you tonight. And uh for our listeners who are new, uh welcome to our program of Liberal Fix Radio. Um we're very honored to welcome back to our show a uh, a woman who I I don't really know how how much I can give kudos to her. I it's She's a woman that had definitely stepped out and said, "Look, there's a need, and I'll, I'll do it. I'll go for it." Um, she's had some great articles written on her uh, on her vision, her project, her passion. Uh, I'm so happy to welcome Denise Sandoval, who is the founder of Lava Me. welcome back to our show, Denise. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me well. For our listeners who are not familiar with Lava Me, and I'll spell it, it's L-A-V-A and then capital Amazon Mary, A-E, Lava Me, um, please uh, share with them.
2: Hi, Naomi. I'm hoping you can hear me. Uh, we cut out, so I might try oh, you my.
3: I think, I think we may have lost Naomi. This is John.
2: Okay. Yes, she cut out on us. <laughs>
3: oh, no. uh, well, I'll, I'll jump in here. Okay. Um, uh, so I, I remember listening to the show you were on uh, where you gave some of the information about your program. Uh, do you want to just describe it and then maybe update sure. what's, uh, what's been happening with it?
2: Yes. So Lava May is a mobile shower and sanitation service for the homeless. Um, and it's happening in San Francisco. We officially launched uh, a month ago, maybe just a little bit more than a month ago, and have started, um, you know, providing showers in two major neighborhoods in San Francisco, and next week we'll add a third. And it's been an incredible experience. So the, the sort of the history is this has kind of been two years in the works when the idea first came to me. Um, it, homelessness is an issue that I've cared about a lot and I spent a lot of time thinking about how I could help, and I never could wrap my arms around how to end homelessness. But one day I passed a young woman on the sidewalk who was homeless and dirty and crying uh, over and over again that she would never be clean. And I knew that her words had a uh, meaning that I would never be able to fathom, but I was curious um, what her opportunities were for getting physically clean. So when I went home that night, Um, I found out that there are an appalling lack of showers and toilets available to the homeless in San Francisco. Um, There are over 3,500 people who live on the street, according to the official count. The unofficial count is higher. And there are only seven facilities where they can take a shower. Um, And those actually have between the average between one to two shower stalls each. So we're talking about 16 shower stalls for 3,500 people, which is... Just absolutely criminal. Um, mm. So, around the same time, I had this crazy obsession with food trucks. And I just thought, if you can put gourmet food on wheels and take it anywhere, why not showers and toilets? So, the idea for Lava May was born. So, it's been a, it's been a big process. We essentially have, um, from the very beginning, uh, collaborated with other nonprofits that are working with the homeless. We um, cultivated a champion in the mayor's office by the name of Bevan Dufty, who has helped us navigate all of the city agencies that touch what we do, everything from the Public Utilities Commission, which allows us to tap into water from fire hydrants to get our water, which we then heat on board. And then because San Francisco has an interesting dual storm drain sewer system, we are allowed to drain our water back into the catch basins there. Um, to SFMTA, which uh, basically provided the buses to us as well as, you know, helps us out with our parking needs. So it's, it's really been a village that has come together to create Lava May.
0: Uh, I'm back on. I'm sorry. I think my, my phone got cut out. Um, I, I wanted to uh, bring – to our listeners' attention, there's some great uh, articles out about Donise and about uh, Lava May. Uh, The most recent one uh, was uh, quite an honor, um, and it's uh, in part or in, you know, huge part to Donise's vision, but also the people that were willing to get behind her and say, let's do this, what do we need to do, let's make it work. Um, In the Huffington Post, in their impact section, uh, they were named um, in the ten cities worldwide that are working to win their wars against homelessness. I'll post the article on our Liberal Fix page. Um, but they made uh, the top ten, and I'll read briefly here. Uh, they came in at number seven, I believe. Yes, it's the, the title says, San Fran Do-Gooders Wheel Around Showers to Anyone Who Wants One. Uh, and it says, after transforming a donated bus from a passenger vehicle into a complete bathing facility, Lava May takes a shower on wheels and drills water from fire hydrants at various locations, allowing homeless individuals the opportunity to feel clean. And it's, you know, Denise, in our previous interview that you were kind enough to offer to us, we spoke about, unless <laughs> it's just, you know, we take it for granted. We jump in the shower in the morning, maybe we take one at night, you know, or... It's part of our daily routine that we sometimes, unfortunately, we do take it for granted. But we we take a shower because we want to maybe look, you know, our best for our morning when we go to work or when we're going to be at school or whatever. We, You know, we take a shower to get clean. And yet how do these uh, fellow brothers and sisters of ours that are trying to transition from a homeless situation to a job or to a different, you know, uh, environment, they can't do that without a shower. They right. can't get clean to present themselves. To that, share with us, share with us some of your stories that you've had from people that have, you know, been able to advance or or get a little bit of a break just from your shower. Oh, you know, even though we've only been out there a month,
2: we're collecting stories every single time we're out there. Um, the very first day that we launched, we provided a shower to a young man um, <clears throat> named Monty Smith. He actually moved to San Francisco from Detroit because the economy there is so bad. He's a machinist, and he knew that a lot was happening in San Francisco and was really hopeful about being able to find work here doing that. Um, but he was living on the street because he just didn't have enough money after getting here to you know, live in this incredibly expensive city. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a TV station who was with us uh, chronicling our launch, and they asked him to do an interview, and he refused to do one in the beginning. He said he would do one after he showered because he was too embarrassed to go on camera looking so dirty. They interviewed him afterwards, and he was talking about how, you know, you go to these interviews, and even though you're going to apply for a job as a machinist, You know, your potential employer, the HR person, is sitting across from you looking at how filthy your nails are or maybe that your clothes aren't quite clean or that you smell a little bit off, and that immediately disqualifies you from the opportunity to get this position. So he said, you know, getting a shower is a great way for him to eliminate those barriers. And the funny thing is, really, this was on a Saturday I went into my office on Monday and I opened my email, and I had an email from a gentleman who works at Tesla who said, I saw Monty's story, and we are hiring machinists, and I want to help him find a job.
3: Mm-hmm. Now,
2: we haven't seen Monty since then, and so I'm assuming he has now found his own employment, which is amazing, but if we do and he hasn't, we are definitely going to connect him up with this gentleman to see if something more can't come from it, and it's Just sort of the example of the barriers, as you said, that people face when they can't get themselves clean. And then you just have, like, one gentleman today, um, we were in the Tenderloin here in San Francisco, which is kind of the neighborhood that has the highest population of homeless in the city. Um, And there was a gentleman who was waiting, his name... um, escapes me now but he was really cranky and you know he was smoking a cigarette and i just said hey i just want to remind you you can't smoke on the bus and he just snapped at me and i was just like okay you know i get it uh it it can be really tough he goes in he has his 20 minutes in the shower you know the bath time appointment and, and everything he comes out and he's like a totally transformed person and he was just so Gracious and kind, you know, he did a complete one eighty, and it was just because of something that is so simple yet so critical to our sense of humanity, our sense of self-esteem. It
0: it is. It's it's something that you can't really put. You can't really put into a box. It's it it, it touches so many areas of of a, of someone that they can even kind of just relax. I mean, sometimes we take a shower just to relax and de-stress and I can't imagine you know not being able to do that or soak in the tub you know this is this is a stress reliever it's it's just to get them clean it's it's you know uh hygiene and it's also dignity it It is very much gosh let let me take a shower yeah Yeah. just clean off and wash my hands and scrub my hair and just look like I'm you know like Quote, unquote, like like everyone else. Right, exactly. Um, We get a lot
2: of um, emails from people who are like, oh, I can help you build a bus that has many more showers than the number you've put on there. And, you know, I think that's incredibly sweet that people are reaching out and want to help in various ways. but. One of the things that went into the planning of the bus was that we actually did focus groups with the homeless, and we, of other, many things that we heard, we heard two things consistently. One was an issue of safety. So for women and the LGBT community mm-hmm. going into showers, because most of these are not private showers, um, the possibility of their getting attacked is actually pretty high. So we wanted to make sure that we could, um, could provide a safe space for people to be, and the other was that as a homeless person, privacy is just a commodity that, that you cannot come by. There is almost nowhere, really, in a homeless person's life where they can go and shut the door and have a space to themselves. So we opted only to create two full, complete, but totally private bathrooms so that we could address those issues and give people, in addition to dignity, a moment of true respite, even if it's only 20 minutes.
3: And that's that's another thing that we take for granted all the time is the opportunity for uh, for privacy. You know, we, as Naomi mentioned, many times when we're having a little bit of a difficult day, just something like a shower can revitalize us and keep us going. And just the opportunity for privacy uh, is really important. And, you know, where I work, I've been on literally dozens of hiring committees, and we never really even think about The the hygiene of a person Who comes in for an interview Because it's always really excellent But when and if someone Shows up and their hygiene isn't excellent That would stand out so much So connecting with someone And giving them the opportunity for that dignity And giving them the opportunity For something that's just so basic and practical As being clean for a job interview uh, And the dignity Of that privacy That's just incredibly important on so many levels But I, I had a question for you I'm, I'm very curious about, uh, you know, my first thought would have been, uh, what about getting some piece of property, some building where you could uh, set up showers in a stationary place? What was it that drew you to the idea of uh, having a bus for, uh, for the showers?
2: So sort of twofold, <clears throat> the first being that San Francisco real estate has exploded. I mean, I don't know a single nonprofit here who isn't terrified about having their lease you know, run out in the next, you know, few years because they just cannot compete with these tech companies or other companies who are coming in and able to pay really high rates. So um, being mobile gives us the opportunity to not have to worry about that. We we own our bus and we don't pay rent to anyone. That's one Mm. thing. Secondly, even though San Francisco is only seven by seven, um, no matter where we would have put a facility, there would be a whole host of people that we would not be able to reach. So we get to save money in terms of real estate expenses and overhead, but we also get to go to people where the need is. And um, there is almost no neighborhood in this city that isn't touched in some form by you know, people who are experiencing homelessness.
0: And um- Tell me, uh, Denise. Share with our listeners where are you headed next? <laughs> what, I'm sure that I'm sure that everybody and their brother has told you, come out, come out. <laughs> we
2: are getting a lot of that, both within San Francisco and as places as far away as Ghana, Kuala Lumpur, you wow. know, Sydney and Perth, Australia. Um, we've been completely overwhelmed by the response to this, and you know, what I say is that we totally want to help, and what we're trying to do is like create a list with contact information of everyone who's really serious about this, but we're asking people just to give us a little bit of time. So we have launched, and that's a huge victory, but we have to prove that we're sustainable, that this model really Mm -hmm. works, that it can be funded long-term. I mean, I would would love nothing more than be able to sunset the program because we've solved homelessness, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime in -hmm. the very short future. Um, And so once we have locked down our operations and feel um, we're really ready – And that also includes fundraising and getting three more buses on the street because we hope to put four on the streets of San Francisco, operating five days a week and maybe one evening. Um, And once we have all that in place, then we want to turn around and reach out and help any organization or individual who's really serious about doing this in their own community. So we're already trying to share what we have in terms of business plans, bus designs, things like that. But we really can't stop and focus and hold someone's hand through the process at this point, but we hope to be able to do that in the future.
0: And I know that I've had questions uh, from friends in this area. Are you coming to L.A., or do you know if, you, if uh, a similar pilot program will be out here in Los Angeles area? Well, we've
2: started to talk with several groups in Los Angeles, especially in the Skid Row area, but other, mm-hmm. other parts of the city as well. And mm-hmm. I think that there's definitely a, con- you know, a big interest. So we're waiting to see what kind of leadership sets forward, because, I mean, it's great to have multiple groups, but really you need to have an individual or an organization who's going to be primarily leading the effort to bring it forward. Right. My mm-hmm. vision is, is not to, like, create branches of Lava May, specifically in other cities, mostly because I really believe that individuals on the ground have a better understanding of the political structure, of the environment, mm-hmm. you know, of the nonprofits are, that are there and can navigate those channels much more effectively than we can. Mm-hmm. We are, however, hoping to be able to provide as much consulting as we can as they as attempt to launch programs like this. And,
3: and uh, do you, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead.
0: No, go ahead, John. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> well, I was just wondering about some of the practical aspects of it. Uh, uh, are you, uh, do you have professional bus drivers? Do you have volunteers? Uh, what sort of security aspects do you have going <laughs> with, uh, with what's going on?
2: So we have professional drivers in that half of the staff I hired uh, went through bus driving school and they got their bus driver licenses and they're tooling around (laughs) the buses for us. Um, We have a backup driver program through the – Uh, uh, Transit Workers United Local 250A, which are the Muni Drivers um, Union. And so they help us out if we need backup drivers. And we've also now had a few people um, step forward to volunteer to help with that as well, which is really, really great. That's
0: awesome.
2: Um, And then, uh, but I think as we go forward, we definitely want to hire people who are, you know, have their licenses and have a great driving record. It just sort of saves time on our end and our staff can focus on other things. Yes, yes. Um, and so, John, would you repeat the second half of that question? I think I've lost my way.
3: <laughs> well, I was just wondering if there were any any security concerns, any yeah. issues related to that?
2: So we, the way that we operate is that we partner with other nonprofits that are serving the homeless. During our pilot program, we are partnering with organizations that already have shower programs that cannot meet the demand. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are expanding their capacity while we learn how they do everything, how they run their logistics, how they've crafted their safety protocols. We go through training with them on de-escalation and OD prevention Mm -hmm. and all these kinds of things so that we can be at the ready. Um, And then once we get past the pilot program, we'll start working with nonprofits who uh, don't have shower programs, so we kind of come in as the experts. But we'll have had a chance to kind of really learn the ropes over this six-month period and figure out what works for us and continue to train around you know, de-escalation and everything else. But because of the fact that our, our, we call them guests, our guests do not wait in line by the bus. We're trying to be both good community members and not impact the neighborhood too adversely and at the same time recognize that waiting in line is a terrible waste of someone's time. Mm-hmm. And so we ask our, our partners to do the scheduling and to also have our guests wait inside with them so that they're hopefully receiving additional services. So we bring people out only two at a time. And by the time they've had to wait, you know, register and wait, people are probably in a pretty good space. And if they're not, they've kind of self-selected to, like, get out of the line and, and move on. So you know, so far it's been it's been pretty seamless. I'm not going to say that we won't have issues come up, but our partners are really watching our backs and helping us out and providing as much support as we could ever even dream of asking.
3: Wow, that that seems really wise because, uh, like you said, the the waiting uh, is a lot of frustration that can build up, and also I think just in terms of how it appears within the community, uh, you know, there are lots of times when people. Object to services for uh, homeless people because they tend to congregate homeless people, and, and people think that's a bad thing. But having it set up this way, where it's not uh, visible, people waiting in line uh, probably keeps whatever you know sort of misguided complaining that people would <laughs> probably keeps that down to a minimum.
2: I would say yes, down to a minimum. We do have our detractors, um, and we'll probably never win those people over. But yeah. on the whole, people, I, I cannot tell you how many times a day when we're out there, that somebody will go by and look at us and go, "Oh my God, that is so cool! That's awesome!" You know, or just yeah. up and say, "Can I make a small donation?" It's it's really it buoy's our spirits tremendously.
3: Oh, that's great.
0: And uh. I'm. I'm understanding. I'm probably not the only one. Donnie said, "You know, we think that this is this is so easy to do. So you know, uh, other people should just get going and run with it. But there's so much that <laughs> is in the background that we don't see. You know, down to getting the bus and having it." Pretty much gut it out and start from scratch and make sure everything is compliant and and you know and make sure everything is regu- with suits with regulation. But also, like you said, to give somebody that when they walk in to have that warm fuzzy, like oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm actually going to be in here by myself taking a yeah, shower exactly. and just have that moment of oh my gosh, you know this is <laughs> I, I can't tell you how much this means to me moment. Um, and and I'm sure people are impatient. With a good thing because they want it to just take off and boom and fly and okay let's hurry up and get all this everywhere because this is such a great idea, and right. it is. But I can totally appreciate that you are saying, look, this is you know I don't think you'll you'll mind if I say I'm sure in your heart it's like this is my baby and I want it to be successful, and there's so many people behind me that are supporting me and that are you know this big team that has now formed. We need it to work exactly, and it has to It initially, you know, take care of the dignity of the homeless, you know, person, your your guests that come in. That's priority. And so it can't, for that reason, it can't be this avalanche. It has right. We're trying to be, comes, as you say, just, just thoughtful in, in yes. what we're doing. Yes, it comes and, one shower at a time, not in, you know, overwhelming, you know, uh, waterfall. It it just comes one shower at a time. Exactly. Which, which is is exactly what uh, what you're you're doing. Um, share with us in the the last moments that we have, please, don't need, please, 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 please plug away your website, your <laughs> Facebook page, Twitter. Where can people okay. find you and donate, and what do you yes. need and whatever you need. Awesome. So, your, um, our website is Lava May. L A V A
2: mae.org. On our website are all our social media um, links. We're um, at Lava Mae for Twitter. I can't remember our Facebook page exactly. I think it's Facebook dot Lava May yeah. dot org or something.
1: If your Facebook
0: page. If you just go into the Facebook uh, search engine and just type in Lava May, it comes right up.
2: Yes, and I think the same thing for Pinterest and Instagram, which we win, we've been very bad about keeping up with lately. But we're gonna get there. Um, that's we'll okay. We're gonna blog, if, and then on our
0: if we don't see a lot of posts, we know that you're yes, giving a lot busy. of hours. So that's
2: okay. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and um, you can find a huge donate button on our homepage. Um, obviously, we're looking to raise money to both sustain this first bus, but also to retrofit other buses. We're going to be launching another Indiegogo campaign for what I'm calling another people's bus. You know, We're going after some corporate sponsorship for other buses, but I would like to get another bus out there that just regular everyday people have supported. Um, so we'll probably do that sometime in the fall. And you can send us an email at info at if you want to join our e-news list or if you have some great ideas. For those of you who suggest we should use tankless water heaters, we did some research. We're not quite sure they can hold up to 60 showers a day, but we're continuing to do some research. So we're trying to be as green and um, thoughtful about that as possible as well.
0: It, it's a lot to do. And so you're, you're trying to cover all, all the points. Uh, so that the detractors come on board rather than, okay, see, I told you that's why it wouldn't work. We don't need that. We really, we don't need that. The world is full of that. We need encouragers and we need people that are willing to say, look, you know, if five bucks, if twenty bucks, if a hundred dollars helps you, if it helps offer one sh- one more shower to someone, you know, I'm I'm on board with it. Pardon the pun, but I'm on board with it. And you do you do? Uh, are you able to are you able to accommodate guests that are in wheelchairs? In new- we do. Um, that was really critical okay. to uh, important
2: for us. We essentially the whole first pod is completely set up to um, uh, deal with people in wheelchairs or any other sort of disability like that. We have um, a, a wheelchair lift in the front of the bus. So we're, we're awesome. ready to deal with and then offer showers and hygiene to those who have that form of disability as well.
0: Um, Donise, I, I can't thank you enough for coming back on. And, and in the heart of it is I can't thank you enough for following your passion and listening uh-huh. to your heart and your and your gut, and for it shows it, it greatly what kind of person you are by the movement that's behind you. It's so much of the person and the spirit that you have. Um, but so important to fill the gaps when our local and federal government does not come uh, even close to doing what you're doing. So, to your organization, kudos. Uh, Continued, continued successes to you, and I can't thank you enough for coming on, and I wish you continued success.
2: Thank you, Naomi. You made my night. It was lovely talking to both you and John.
3: And I would say ditto to everything, and also uh, I'm looking at a picture of your buses. They're beautiful. (laughs) Uh, The blue with the little uh, lighter blue sort of shower droplets on them, uh, and the, the handicap sign and everything. That's really beautiful. It's a beautiful thing you're doing, and the buses add beauty to the community. Thank you.
0: And we'll, we'd love to have you back on. Thank you for accommodating us. Go, Please enjoy the evening with your family. Thank you Bye. so much.
3: All, <laughs> All right. You, have you a good me. night. Bye-bye. We'll
0: talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, I need a second. <laughs>
3: That was great. She's terrific. That's just she a, is. an amazingly practical uh, thing to do for people, uh, but also something that has such a, a philosophical benefit as well. You know, just the ideas of the dignity and the privacy, uh, the sense of, of human satisfaction of being clean, uh, along with all the practical benefits of it, is really just amazing.
0: And and asking nothing in return.
3: Yeah, Nothing. This yeah. is a
0: service that she is offering because it's something that she feels in her heart and she found people or other people found her that have that same calling and had that same instinct and that same, i I got to do something, but I know what to do. And they're doing it together. They're doing
3: yeah, amazing yeah. things together. In, in the um, best of all possible worlds, uh, we would live in a world where everybody would have a job and everybody would have the resources to have a home and have a shower in their home. Uh, but in practical terms, that's not always possible. Uh, we, In the best of all possible worlds, we'd have a government that was funded fully to provide services for people who, who need these kinds of things. But uh, the way things are going, that, uh, that's not fully happening either. So having people doing the kinds of things that Denise is doing uh, to provide these services for people is just really amazing.
0: It, it is, and it's, it, it just speaks volumes of that there are people out there that um, see and meet and say, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I don't yeah, know how. Absolutely. I don't know how it's going to come to fruition. I don't even know where I'm going to get my first dollar from, but I know that this has to be done. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll put up more information on our Facebook, uh, Liberal Fix, Um, Let's take a quick break Uh, This is uh, Liberal Fix Blog Talk Radio Welcome to uh, our faithful loyal listeners and Welcome to all new listeners My name is Naomi Minogue And uh, tonight I'm joined by my um, co-host John Sire John is an amazing man on his own right um, And he is the admin of the Facebook page Tales of a Real American Liberal Please jump on and give him a like um, and tonight, John, I think you're going to uh, lead me on a little uh,
1: <laughs> talking
0: about the, the government and maybe the gaps and uh, uh, the segue into the latest shenanigans of the GOP and uh, what's what's got you uh, a little ruffled. Because don't get ruffled. You're such a <laughs> nice, calm. I love I love being on here with you because you're such a calming effect on me when I just want to you know scratch eyes out. <laughs> so but lead me through this. Tell me what's got your you know craw tonight
3: oh boy well i'm I'm in an eye scratching mood myself uh just in in relation to this whole idea of the House of Representatives voting to sue the President of the United States. You know this has been something that's uh been in the news for about the past month or so when uh John Boehner, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, started hinting at this and then saying outright that, that he was going to sue the president. And I, I just remember the first time I heard it, kind of laughing and thinking, well, that's not going to go very far. That's that's so outlandish and so ridiculous on every level that, you know, he, he's saying it to placate uh, the far-right people who are, are at his throat all the time, thinking that he's too liberal. Uh, and, and I thought he would mention it a few times and then nothing would happen because it's, politically and in terms of just connected connections with reality it's one of the silliest things i've ever heard of individual members of congress have sued presidents before and that's not gone anywhere but never has a full body of our government of our legislative branches like the house or the senate actually voted to sue a president uh... there's there's not even any standing for suing a president uh... in most cases and, and there is a system built into our, our political structures for when the legislative branch believes that the president has done something illegal, and it's called impeachment. And, uh, you know, that's happened a few times in the United States history, uh, and it's been, you know, it's in our Constitution, the whole idea of high crimes and misdemeanors. And what President Obama has done has not on any level come anywhere near the the threshold of high crimes and misdemeanors. And, you know, those of us who are our age and a little bit older got quite a lesson in that during Bill Clinton's presidency when uh, the Republicans in Congress led uh, impeachment proceedings against him uh, based, you know, very tenuously on this whole idea of lying under oath during a deposition. But it was really just a, a political attack and an attempt to, uh, take some of President Clinton's personal foibles and shortcomings and turn them into something that would either embarrass him or get him, get him out of office. Uh, and they failed miserably at it. And the only thing that they might have succeeded on was uh, getting a few independent voters who believed that uh, Al Gore was somehow tainted by uh, President Clinton's scandals and decided not to vote for him, and all we got out of it was uh, eight years of george bush, and that 's certainly not something that w- that benefited our country in any way but what 's happening now with this lawsuit uh, you know Boehner originally had uh, an editorial in uh, on the c n n website where he just kept going on and on about the president exceeding his authority and uh, acting outside the law and and leading up to that, there had been sort of a Republican meme where they were talking about. The lawless presidency of this imperial king like president and he 's a dictator uh, and, and that had been sort of the background to it but in in his uh, in boehner 's editorial that was on the CNN website back at the beginning of July, it was almost laughable because he kept repeating that the president was exceeding his authority and doing illegal things, but he didn 't name a single specific example of anything that the president had done that would come anywhere near to being illegal. So it was kind of funny. I posted on uh, the Tales of a Real American Liberal website uh, just a picture of of Boehner with tears in his eyes and the heading that said, uh, claims the president uh, is breaking the law, can't name a specific example of how he's breaking the law. So it was completely laughable at that point. And uh, uh, every legal analyst who talked about it at that point, said, this is ridiculous, it's it's not going to happen. And then just uh, a few days ago, Boehner had uh, another editorial, this time in uh, USA Today, where he laid out his specifics about why he wanted to sue the president. And he, he first of all mentioned uh, energy regulations, you know, the president's executive actions uh, guiding the EPA, which are completely legal. And then he mentioned uh, what he called... The the Taliban Five and trading mm-hmm.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
3: those those prisoners from Guantanamo for uh, for uh, Bo Bergdahl, the prisoner of war, and saying that the president didn't inform Congress, but the president uh, the administration had been working on that for almost two years and had kept Congress informed the entire time. And then he also mentioned uh, that the president had waived the work requirement for welfare. And that's something that Mitt Romney and Rick Santorum had brought up during the presidential election, and it's absolutely 100 percent untrue. In fact, uh, politifact.com, the uh, fact-checking website, gave that claim of pants on fire, which is their worst rating for the biggest lie that you can imagine. And, and what it was was some, some governors, including some Republicans, including Mitt Romney when he was governor here in Massachusetts, had... Uh, written to the president requesting uh, specific ways that they could uh, reform the welfare system in the states, uh, that they could be flexible with the work requirements. And the the Obama administration said, yes, you can apply and and do flexible kinds of things with your welfare system, uh, but the one thing you can't do is waive the the work requirement from the welfare reform back in the 90s. And so for Boehner to even mention that as something that the president had done that exceeds his legal authority is such an outright lie that it's it's just amazing. But he just kind of threw those things out there and said, well, what, what our lawyers have advised us on is that uh, we're going to sue the president for delaying the employer mandate in the Affordable Care Act. And that's mm-hmm. the mandate that uh, employers with, I think it's more than 50 employees, must offer uh, health right. insurance to those employees. And the administration, in administering this law, saw that things were maybe moving too quickly and it was going to be a burden. There were some uh, some issues and some complaints about it. And so for two years, the administration decided to be flexible with that law and delayed that employer mandate. And there's all kinds of precedent, uh, the Supreme Court ruling that, presidential administrations have a lot of flexibility in how they enforce the laws. And what's really funny about that is that uh, the Republicans are suing the president over delaying the employer mandate that they're against anyway, (laughs) and that they actually voted in 2013. They voted uh, that the president should delay the employer mandate. So uh, I put up a a meme the other day that, uh, you know, The Republicans sued Obama for delaying the employer mandate when one year ago they voted that the president should delay the employer mandate. So it's just unbelievable hypocrisy. And then, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but I've been reading a lot about uh, what actual legal professionals are saying about this.
0: Well, you know, John, let me interrupt you real quick. You know who is a lawyer? You know who is a lawyer? A constitutional lawyer. Never mind. Oh, yes. I
3: I think there's one uh, (laughs) that was elected president. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's this, there's, it's there's a funny thing This, this president, there, they there, think, is breaking the law You know, not just a exactly. lawyer a constitutional lawyer, come on Okay, sorry, I had to get that jab in Go Oh, ahead. no,
3: I, I agree completely there, There's a really funny thing on Facebook That shows uh, Obama and Boehner having a conversation And in the conversation bubbles uh, Boehner says something like You know, I'm really serious about that uh, About suing you and Obama says, uh, I'm not really worried because I'm a constitutional lawyer and you're an idiot, uh, which is a little a little harsh. Uh, Boehner's not an idiot, but I think it should well, be that I'm a constitutional scholar and you're a box salesman, which is what right. his profession was before he uh, he entered Congress.
0: And yeah, and then and when we then we have the presidential hopeful, the our ophthalmologist uh, esteemed senator. But anyway. oh
3: yes, Rand Paul, the constitutional yes. scholar that that he yeah, is, the the self-certified uh, eye doctor.
0: Right. I'm sorry, I, I totally hijacked your point. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, that's okay.
3: It was just that uh, you know the legal analysts have said things. Uh, you know, when when you sue somebody. You have to be able to show damages. You have to be able to show how you've been damaged by whatever right. action the person you're suing has done. And right. and how how can Congress show that they've been damaged? I, I guess their point is because Congress passed this law, for the president to enforce it in a way that they don't agree with damages them somehow, which is just ridiculous. Uh, right. it, it doesn't damage them when, you know, particularly all the Republicans who voted to sue the president, which was literally every Republican, except I think five voted against it because it didn't go far enough, and I think there were three who were non-voting, and of course every Democrat voted against it. But how does it damage the Republicans when he's doing what they want? They want him to delay certain portions of the law. They, they want him to completely scuttle the whole law. So uh, it doesn't exactly damage them in any way. So every every legal analy- analysis that I've read on this Says that it's it's going to get thrown out uh, I don't think it's been Officially filed, they had the official vote To actually do the lawsuit But uh, I don't think it's been officially filed yet But I, I don't see It going anywhere Based on what the, the legal experts Are saying about it I don't know, do you have any, like, any thoughts On uh, why they're doing it Besides just a, a political stunt Is there, you know, is it like Impeachment light, do you think that's what they're going for?
0: You know, the the only thing I keep going back to is that you know they are upset that he's president and he's behaving like a president, and everything that he is doing, the executive orders that he is uh, pursuing, as he said at his State of the Union, look, if Congress isn't going to act, I will.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I have that authority to do that." And they turn it around to, "Oh look, he thinks he's king, he thinks he's dictator, blah blah." How many other presidents did uh, pursue executive orders?
3: Oh yeah, all not, of them. He's not. He's
0: not. He's not the first one. um
3: yeah. But
0: be, but because he had the nerve to stand up and say, look, um, you know, I, I'm i going to do. If you don't join me, I'm going to do it anyway because I have that authority. Oh well, they are going to take their toys and go play somewhere somewhere else, <laughs> and they're, they're going to go into recess. A five week recess. Yeah. And this is what they came up with before they left. Forty three yeah. Republicans co-sponsored this resolution. And, and they're, they're wanting to, uh, to do this if he threatens to enact policies uh, that Congress has been acting on. So this is called the STOP measure, and it's called Stop This Overreaching Presidency.
3: Yeah.
0: Stop This Overreaching Presidency is the STOP met introduced by uh, Representative Tom Rice from South Carolina. It, ha- it has 104 co-sponsors. Um, <laughs> You know they're they're angry, that he, like you said, that he delayed the employee mandate, and then he he implemented the Dream Act for the executive branch, and he helped people keep their uh, oh, substandard yeah. health insurance policies. And they're upset mm-hmm. about him trying to take care of people while they continue to sit and do not a darn thing.
3: Yeah, and I, absolutely. I don't
0: want to I don't want to get in my you know voters soapbox again, but my gosh for the love of everything, holy, get out and vote these <laughs> midterms. Do not stay home. Don't say, what's oh, on a presidential year, big deal, blah, blah. You no, know, it is a huge deal. Otherwise, we're going to have this constant, you know, uh, I'm not going to say tit for tat because I don't think the president is doing a tit for tat. I think he's saying, look, this is what we need to focus on, and either you're for me or you're against me, but I can still do, I will do as much as I can. I will do what I need to mm-hmm. do. He doesn't apologize for being the president. He doesn't apologize for caring about us and wanting to do something. Yeah, and and I would like to say, oh, my goodness, well, they're going on a five-week recess. Where is President Obama going? And when was the last time he took time off? All of that kind of fluttered away once he came back from Hawaii. Um, That kind of fluttered down. But yet they're ready for five week recess. Um, I don't know if he's taking off and I will, you know, eat my words if he is. But he's, you know, sleeves rolled up. Let's let's get to work here. Yeah, um, he's yeah. campaigning for, for the for the for the candidates that are going to get into Congress and get things moving. And that's mm-hmm. what we should be doing also. It's less than a hundred days till the midterm election. Um out here in California ballots drop in about ten weeks. Oh, um, yeah. The canvass, canvassing is so important. I know that in Arizona, keep is their primary. It's just it's that important. It's that important. These people are suing the president. That's mm-hmm. what they're doing. That's what they're focusing on. And so what do we need to do to counteract that? We can't sit home. We cannot sit home. We need to get out there and find out what we need to do to vote, get your voter ID information intact, Register to vote if you want registered to vote. Do what you need to do if you had your name changed, if you moved, whatever changes that happened, get those updated, and then go vote. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We
3: absolutely
0: have to do that. Sorry, go ahead.
3: Oh, absolutely. I agree completely. What we need to do is, you know, Republicans couldn't do this if they didn't have a majority in the House of Representatives. And, right. unfortunately, the 2010 election, uh, you know, changed the electoral map with the gerrymandering, so... There are so many of these Republicans who are in safe districts, but I think there are enough who are in districts where if they c- continue to do things that completely show that they're either incompetent or they're, they're almost they're, – I think it's to the point where they're saboteurs because they come into, into elected office with the idea that government is the enemy, you know, that, that old Ronald Reagan cliché, uh, I'm from the government excuse me, I'm from the government and I'm here to help are like the scariest words. Um if if you're interviewing people for a job and they said, Well, I think that, that the place here is, is a terrible place and the worst place we can be uh you would never hire that person. So why would you ever hire these Republicans who say that government is the enemy and government only hurts people. Uh I I just don't quite get it. And I think that's why they're they're suing the president as much as anything else because Uh, The biggest scandal surrounding President Obama is that he believes government has a role in helping people, in helping citizens, in making the lives of citizens better. And the Republican Party just doesn't believe that anymore, and they object to it 100%. And so they're suing him for, like you said, they're suing him for doing his job, for trying to do things that will help people. And we need to turn that around where there are fewer Uh, saboteurs there are fewer government saboteurs out there and that uh, that will just make things a lot better so you're absolutely right people need to register they need to vote they need to donate to candidates who are going to go out there and and help the American people and join the president in helping the American people instead of joining people like John Boehner in completely crazy wastes of taxpayer money like suing the president
0: well, speaking of getting out the vote and getting the right candidates and keeping the right candidates in, I think we have Mr. Keith Breckus calling from Arizona. Keith, are you there?
1: Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, welcome. Oh, okay. Hi, yeah. Keith. Yeah, I'm actually in a campaign office trying to do everything to make sure 2014 <laughs> doesn't turn into 2010. Um, so we are working hard in Arizona to try to keep the blue House seats that are here, since uh, Arizona actually has a has a Democratic majority in our U.S. House seats, which is kind of amazing when you consider um, how right-wing the state is, but in two, uh, three really competitive races are Anchor Patricks, which is where I'm working, but all three of those people need to win, and we're also going to try to flip the governors in the statewide races and try to turn Arizona blue. Arizona, Texas, and Georgia are states that demographically are headed in the right direction, but the idea is not to wait 16 years for it to happen naturally, to, but but to try to push that <laughs> timetable forward and <laughs> do it in 16 yeah. weeks instead of 16 years. Or, um, But, yeah, definitely I, I think people have to have to um, – take this election dead serious because if these net cases in the house continue to run roughshod and it's funny like uh, john was mentioning earlier with clinton they tried to impeach him now they're trying to sue obama anytime you have republicans controlling the house they will do everything they can do to derail uh, a democratic president doesn't matter that mm-hmm. they don't need a reason they'll they'll concoct one they'll make one up and and that's That's not fair politics, because we didn't try to impeach George Bush. I mean, there were people who, you know, there were people who went for that. But, I mean, nobody in the House, Nancy Pelosi, didn't bring up articles of impeachment. And in a functioning democracy, I think you have to accept that the opposition party has a right to govern when they're elected. And you can fight tooth and nail to fight against their legislation, but you don't try to derail the office of the presidency and try to impeach everybody of the party or sue them or impeach them or throw them out of office just because they're the opposition party. I mean, unless they do something criminal, right. you shouldn't do that. We didn't do it to Bush. We didn't do it to Reagan. Um, we didn't do it to either Bush. We, we just tried to, um, you know, defeat them in elections, which is the way democracy is supposed to work. But you can see with the Republican well, House, they've tried to um, derail the last two Democratic presidents for no other reason but that they, they're Democrats.
0: And and the thing is, if this is what they're doing as representatives, as our elected officials, if this is what they're doing is concocting ways to impeach the opposing um, party's president, I'm really afraid of what the heck a Republican president would do. Nothing, more of nothing, just more of nothing, nothing, nothing. So, you know, it's kind of like keep talking, keep saying what you're going to say, keep you keep doing what you're doing, um but we hope that the right people are listening. We hope that the Democrats are motive that that motivates them to say, "Look, seriously, okay. five weeks of a uh, recess, I, and right I, before I, you I, leave, this is what you're gonna do.
3: yeah, it's crazy. Well, our last Republican president uh what happened the worst he started his term pretty much with the worst terrorist attack on american soil uh and almost his entire two terms. Uh, unnecessary and mismanaged wars, and finished it off with uh, a financial collapse. So that's what you get when you have Republican leadership. <laughs> it reminds
1: me of the Onion article right when Bush got elected that was supposed to be satire, and, and it was titled "The Long National The Long National Nightmare of Peace and Prosperity is Over." And, of course, um, it said we're going to start a, a bigger war than the Gulf War in the Middle East, and we're going to crash the economy, or all this stuff. And you go back and read it, and it's like, oh, my gosh, these guys are fortune tellers. This is oh, a bad to What
3: happened. Oh, the, the onion is the best. My my favorite one is when uh, President Obama was first elected in 2008, uh, and they had an article that said something like, um, country gives black man worst job in the nation. <laughs> Which has been pretty prophetic, because, wow, uh, you know, it, it's it's amazing what he's had to put up with. And he's still gotten a lot of amazingly good things accomplished and has done it with dignity and done it with uh, uh, some good humor, uh, despite the fact that, like you said, people on the other side are not playing fair. They have kind of, if we can't beat them, let's cheat them attitude with this lawsuit and talk of impeachment and, uh, all the other ways that they're obstructing and blocking every effort to just try to have good government
0: and i think what i'm what i'm uh finally you know we we we, we said that you know in t- 2012 we wanted the president we wanted candidate obama from 2008 we wanted him to you know we wanted that candidate in 2012 and and maybe we didn't get that candidate you know when he was running for re-election it it went both ways but at least now we're seeing a little bit of uh, his feistiness, a little bit mm-hmm. of his "I'm through with you people." When when he makes comments like "I'm not going to apologize uh, for trying to do something while you guys sit and do nothing," you know, "I'm mm-hmm. not going to apologize for trying to keep people going." I'm not going to try. I'm not going to apologize for trying to keep the economy going. I'm not going to apologize for trying to get you know immigration um, reform passed. I'm not going to stop doing my job just because you guys uh, want to stop me doesn't mean I'm going to stop he's not being intimidated by them the language Mm -hmm. he's used most recently um, to me shows both, um, yeah you could say well he's the lame duck president, what's going to happen you know the worst case scenarios are being thrown in his face is that these people are trying to sue him, impeach him, get rid of him they're just you know, throwing any spaghetti loose noodles on the wall trying to see what sticks and we we need to show them in November, you know, put the spaghetti back, that's not what this country is about, we are better than that we are better than throwing things and hoping it sticks and, and catches. And that, you know, this misinformation, like you talk about, John, you're so good at that. Again, um, please go on the Facebook page of uh, Tales of a Real American Liberal. Jump on there, give it a like. John is so good. He's so concise and so um, deep, but in a very uh, user friendly way. I mean, we all get it, but it's just to the point. Um, you need to jump on there and, and take a look at that. There's so much information on there. There's so much inaccuracy out there. You know, canvassing. I've heard people say things. I'm like, wait, what? What? What did you say? What did you just say? <laughs> no. Okay, you know, it, it, you, it, you 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 almost want to say, okay, wait, stop. <laughs> Let's, let's fix this first before we go any further. But, you know, we're doing the best we can with shows like this, our uh, John's Facebook page, um, you know, Keep Working on Campaign. We're doing what we can to make sure the most important thing is that you do not stay home. You do not stay home. Um, get out and remember, you know, November's that far away. It really isn't. And candidates are doing all they can. They need your support to get that grassroots running the movement, we you know we have a lot of candidates that don't have a lot of money, and unfortunately, it takes a lot of money to win. Campaigns are extremely expensive. Um, it's It's not like it used to be. Um, so uh, please support the candidates and educate yourself on them, inform your um, inform your neighbors, um, try to debunk where you can, get the facts out. Uh, John, any last thoughts in our final minutes here?
3: Um, uh, just exactly what you're saying. Uh, facts are incredibly important. Uh, they don't always win over people's minds, so you have to get them kind of emotionally invested and, and believing uh, in, in what's going to help the country. Um, and exactly what you've been saying, we got to get people out to vote. we got to get people to care about what's going on. got to get people to understand what's going on, because uh, there's just so much... Uh, purposeful misinformation out there where people are trying to get people to believe things that simply aren't true because it fits their agenda and they think if their agenda wins that's all that matters that the ends justify the means but america is not built that way Uh, what justifies america is truth facts reality uh, and that's what's really patriotic and to believe things that aren't true and and also to not care about what's going on in the government Uh, and be apathetic about it. That's not the American way, and uh, you're exactly right. That's the kinds of things we need to keep pushing.
0: Keith, what about you? A last, final moment.
3: Yeah, no, I I agree with what uh, everything
1: John said, and I think, you know, even if you don't care about politics, politics cares about you, or it affects you. (laughs) They may Mm -hmm. not care. Care might not be the right word, but I mean you can you can uh, abstain from the process but the process isn't going to abstain from affecting you and so um if you choose not not to vote the the people you know they're they're still going to take money out of your pocket and give it to the billionaires or or you know I mean by the kind of tax policies or social policies they promote or they they're, they're going to try to put a alter sound in your vagina if they're the Republicans and so you know, you can you can step away and say, Well, I don't care about politics, but it's gonna affect your personal life so people have to make sure that in two thousand fourteen that that uh all the way from the local level up to the congressional and Senate level that we're voting for good candidates and, and we can't let uh you look at the the circus sideshow in the House right now, we can't let the Senate become the same thing or it'll be a complete mess. So in those oh, yeah. states where there's competitive Senate races Louisiana, North Carolina, Arkansas, Alaska. Even if you don't like the Democrat that much, hold your nose and vote for him because the Republican will be a hell of a lot worse.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, I, I want to close the show on a, a positive note. Um, it was awesome to have uh, Denise Sandoval. So, again, um, her Facebook page is Lava Mae, L-A-V-A-M-A-E. Go to her uh, website. It's org. And uh, we can't thank her enough for coming on and thanking uh, her for giving us it, her updates um, and inspiring us to go out and, and make a difference. Each, each person should do something. Uh, like, you know, like Keith and I have said many times, just because you can't change everything doesn't mean you shouldn't try to do something. Something uh, in your day should be a positive that affects our fellow brothers and sisters. We're all here uh, together. Um, we need to coexist. We need to get along. We we won't always agree, but we can agree to disagree in a kind uh, format, in a gentle format. We don't have to scream and holler and and, and act crazy and nutty. Um, and John, you do a really good job of diffusing the crazy people that get on your Facebook page. Um, <laughs> and I, I thank you so much for coming back and being a co-host with me. And I, I look forward to having another uh, conversation with you. Thank you so much for for being here. And uh, Keith, best of luck to you and Congresswoman Ann Kirkpatrick, we miss you, so we hope that uh, we get to hear from you very soon.
3: Thank you. Thank, oh, so, thanks for having me on. I'm really happy to be on here. You guys do a great job. I love moving from listener to uh, to contributor. This is a terrific well, show.
0: Thank you so much. Um, thank you again for joining us it's on behalf of Dan Bimrose and Keith Breckus and our Wonderful co-host for the night, John Shire. This is Naomi Minogue for Liberal Fix Blog Talk Radio. Keep fighting the good fight. Get out there and vote in November. Have a great weekend.
1: devry university's college of business we're looking for what the companies you'd want to work for are looking for the go-getters students who want to go places in the business they're in now or the startup they haven't even started yet at devry we teach what's been business world tested so if you want to learn today and make an impact tomorrow you're our kind of student our kind of different devry university's college of business different on purpose Visit DeVry.edu.
0: Program availability varies by location. For comprehensive consumer information, visit DeVry.edu slash consumer info.